What's up, everybody? This is Jimmy, and you are tuning in to the newest podcast, Hallway Conversations. Welcome to the show. Um, a lot of people would try to say there are other sports shows out there. I wanted to bring a different feel and a different flavor to my twist on sports. And for those who really don't know me, I was a sports announcer for a team here locally, Georgia Pirates, for years. So I wanted to get back to something I actually love doing. Uh, this being my first show, uh, I would like to thank everybody for tuning in. As the show gets to grow, uh, going to put some more things out there for everybody to actually see. First things first, uh, I would like to say if you guys have any ideas of what you would like to see from this podcast, drop an email to me at halljimmy at hotmail.com. If you want to hear a particular topic or if you have me on Facebook, you can always message me on Facebook. We'll try to see if I can fit one of your topics in at whatever point after this. Actually, that may be the route that the show goes. Whatever the fans want to hear, that's what we'll actually do. So a few things I want to touch on before we actually get into the topics. Uh, for anybody that didn't know, the reason I chose today to launch the show again, two people uh, that I want to send special birthday shout outs to. Being that today is their birthday, Wayne, I would like to shout out my brother Eric and wish him a happy birthday, as well as my cousin Jessica. Happy birthday to you both. Also, uh, since I won't have another show that will appear this week, I also want to send a special shout out to my boy LJ Smith and my co-worker Brittany White. Uh, happy birthday to the both of you as well. So with that, let's get into the topics that we will be discussing today. If you caught the commercial that I put out there earlier on, we'll be talking about Atlanta-related things today. The only two teams we won't talk about, of course, are the Dream and the Fal uh, I'm sorry, the Dream and the Braves. Uh, not that they aren't important. It's just with the first episode, I wanted to focus on the ones that I follow a little bit closer and actually know a little bit more. So. First up, we'll talk about the Atlanta Falcons, how they have proceeded with this offseason, and what's next for them. Second, we'll talk about the Hawks, how they did this last season, and what's ahead for them upcoming, since they are out of the NBA playoff picture for now. Uh, we'll also talk about the Atlanta United and their upcoming tournament that'll be out in Orlando. And the last things we'll talk about will be COVID-19 and how the sports world has handled it, along with social injustices in the NFL, the NBA, almost any league that you could think of at the moment. So with that, let's get into the first topic, our Atlanta Falcons. So far from what we've seen from the Falcons this offseason, they have tried to actually move in a positive direction. Last season wasn't too great of a year. Uh, Falcons started off 1-7. They did after their bye week finished off 6-2 to have a record of seven and nine. Now just gonna drop a few stat lines here so that way you guys can actually see how the Falcons fared over the season. Matt Ryan, of course, did miss at least one game last year, of course, which was the Seattle game, which I did get a chance to attend. Uh, but Matt Ryan, in the 15 games that he did start, he completed 408 passes out of 616 attempts, which gave him a 66% completion rate. He also had 26 touchdowns to go with 14 interceptions. However, Matt was sacked um, one of the league high amounts of 48 times. So uh, 
not really good tailing numbers there, but he did put up some numbers uh, there a little bit. Top rusher on the team, of course, was Devontae Freeman with 184 attempts. He had 656 yards with two touchdowns. Now, he did also have three fumbles, but we're going to get into that aspect of it a little bit later. Uh, Devontae Freeman also had five, uh, 59 receptions, I'm sorry, for 410 yards and four touchdowns. So combined, Devontae Freeman gave us six touchdowns. Now, your top receiver, of course, was Julio Jones. Julio went for 1,394 yards with six touchdowns on the season. Devondre Campbell, of course, led the way with tackles for 129 last year. Vic Beasley surprisingly led the team with eight sacks. And, of course, the top interception man last year was Desmond Trufant. So, with that, let's talk about our key departures for the Falcons in the offseason. First, you have Devontae Freeman, also Austin Hooper, Vic Beasley, Desmond Trufant, Devondre Campbell, Tyler Sambrilo, Luke Stocker, Kenyon Barner, Adrian Claiborne, Jack Crawford, Justin Hardy, and Wes Schweitzer. Now, of course, the Falcons did add some guys in free agency. They added Todd Gurley, LaCron Treadwell, Hayden Hurst, Justin McCray, Dante Fowler, and Dion Buchanan. And, of course, in the draft, the Falcons drafted A.J. Terrell out of Clemson, Marlon Davison out of Auburn, Matt Hennessy out of Temple, Michael Walker out of Fresno State, and Jalen Hawkins from California. Now, that doesn't round out what the Falcons did in the offseason, just to go over some names that they did go, go out and get in undrafted free agency. A few names that stand out to me that I definitely think can make some noise on this Falcons squad. Mikey Daniel out of South Dakota State, the fullback. Uh, Chris Rowland, wide receiver out of Tennessee State, has already been touted to replace Kenyon Barner as the return man. Uh, Jarrett Pinkney out of Vanderbilt. He did fall in the draft. A lot of that may have been due to his 40 time. We'll see if he can actually push to make the Falcons roster. And another guy that I also think may be able to actually make some noise will be defensive end Austin Edwards out of Ferris State. So with that, let's get into actually how the Falcons did and what they do need to do to improve. So honestly, for the Falcons to improve, they have to get better on defense. We've seen... At times, the defense had awesome games last year. They had an amazing second half of the season. Of course, they got better at stopping the run and the pass. And, of course, a lot of people will say the offense also more as far as getting touchdowns and not field goals. I agree with all of that. I mean, for us to make that next step, Matt Ryan has to do a lot better, not turn the ball over as much. Uh, Matt, last year, a couple – a bad points for him, even though, you know, a lot would say, yeah, he had 26 touchdowns. Matt had 14 interceptions, and if I remember reading right, Matt also had close to about 10 fumbles last year. That is unacceptable from your starting quarterback if you're talking about actually competing in the NFC South. Now, can Raheem Morris actually duplicate the success that we saw in the latter half of the season? It really starts with the upfront guys, so... Dante Fowler has to come in and actually be a lot better uh, than what we saw from Vic Beasley. In all hindsight, I believe he can be a better pass rusher. However, if you look at the stats, the stats will say Vic Beasley was a little bit better rushing the passer. Um, the other thing we also have to do, 
I never take away from the fact that if you look at a team, far as like how Carolina did with getting rid of their coach and their quarterback, so they pretty much brought in Matt Rule to lead them at at head coach and Teddy Bridgewater for quarterback. So we can't overlook them as the Falcons. Uh, you also have Tampa Bay that went out and added Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski. So our defense has to be a lot better at force more turnovers last year. Uh, we didn't really sack the quarterback that good. We were 29th in the league in sacks. So the Falcons have to come out of the gates swinging. They have to come out of the gates hard. If we come out uh, and by the bye week, because our bye week, I believe, is week 10 this year, if the Falcons aren't at least with six or seven wins, my opinion is Dan Quinn probably will be gone by the end of the year. And that's not trying to say he's not a good coach, but Dan has to get better at being able to command the guys to do better in the trenches up front as well as in that pass coverage area. Now, the one thing I do love, uh, the biggest signing I did like, a lot of people are going to say, oh, you're only saying this because you're a UGA fan. But the Ty Gurley signing really intrigued me. And here's why. He should provide a better spark out of the backfield. Uh, the only person I think that we may have to work on that we lost may be Devondre Campbell and Austin Hooper. And here's my reasoning for that. Although Hooper, you know, coming and going to the Cleveland Browns, I mean, yes, he's going to a worse quarterback situation, but you also have to look at that man also was also – he also was almost an 1,000-yard receiver for the Falcons. So you have to replace that. You have to replace the tackling prospect uh, that Devondre Campbell gave you. I believe the Falcons can do it. The biggest question mark is really going to be the cornerback spot. Now, here's why I say that. Um, when you get rid of veteran corners and Devondre – I mean, I'm sorry, Desmond Trufant was the last remaining corner – that we had that was, you know, honestly a vet to be. Uh, you are bringing back Bleedy Ray Wilson, but he's not a solid starter. And, I mean, he can teach the younger guys how to actually cover, but at the same time, you also have to look in hindsight. You have a division with Rob Gronkowski, Mike Evans, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson now, you have to get better at covering on the outside. Uh, and with games later in the year against Kansas City, Tampa, and New Orleans, you are definitely going to want to be able to cover the pass because those teams are going to come out and try to actually pass on you. So with that, do I think that the Falcons can actually do anything this year? I believe it's very possible. I mean, if you really look at the Falcons – Offense. The offense is actually, you know, not losing much in the way of firepower. The biggest question mark is going to really be can Dirk Cutter make that jump as the second-year coordinator for the Falcons and get us back to how he was when we went almost to the NFC, uh, when we also missed, went to the Super Bowl with when we played San Francisco a few years back. Uh, that was Dirk Cutter's led offense. We weren't really good at running the football back then, though. That's the only question mark that Dirk Cutter has always had with his offenses. Can the running game actually improve? And even getting Gurley, he has to be realistic. Can he be the guy to actually lead us there? So my prediction for the Falcons, barring injury, um, 
as long as the Falcons can actually stay over the injury hump and as long as we can fix the issues we had. I see this team as a 10-6 team at worst to make the wild card. Now that's provided that they can actually make Tampa and New Orleans lose a few games here and there. The Falcons have to go at least 4-2 and two within their own division. So we'll see. Uh, how this actually goes for the Falcons this season. I mean, a lot of uncertainty is surrounding the season, of course, with coronavirus. Uh, So we'll see how this actually plays out for the Falcons. But I do like the Falcons' chances uh, going into this new season. They just have to really be focused and just stay the course to try to get the wins. All right, so going to shift gears here we're going to move into the Atlanta Hawks and how they look this year and what their future may look like uh, due to COVID-19 of course the NBA season was cut a little short now they are planning on having a tournament but you won't get the usual playoff drama that we are used to seeing if anybody remembers in past years even your lower people that weren't going to make the playoffs helped knock out some of those guys that actually were destined to make it so The Hawks this year, of course, brought back veteran Vince Carter, who was supposed to be playing in his last season. Of course, he did announce recently that he is going to hang it up, so Vince Carter goes out as a Hawk. Um, The Falcons, of course, I'm sorry, (laughs) still thinking about the Falcons there. Just uh, bear with me a moment. So the Hawks actually, this year, uh, Trey Young took a big step up. Uh, He had to with the absence of John Collins early, of course, because John Collins was suspended for 25 games due to substance abuse policy in the NFL. Uh, They said that he took a substance that actually was on the banned list, so he missed a little bit of time. Now, at the break, uh, the Hawks did actually do something smart. They traded for Clint Capella. However, Clint was never able to actually play for the Hawks this year because he came in with a lower heel injury. So he won't be able to actually see action with your Falcon, what's with your Hawks until next year. So on the year, the Hawks actually were at the bottom of the Eastern Conference. Now a lot of people will say eh, the Hawks still aren't that great, but being a young team, you don't expect too much on the way of wins. Now the thing that I do think the Hawks can do to get better. With this team, the way they are currently built, Trey Young, of course, is your point guard of the future. John Collins is actually a pretty good solid power forward. And if Clint Capella could come in and be a strong center for you, you do have that position. Um, I do think DeAndre Hunter is going to be an awesome guy at the small forward position. So they are going to have to see if he can actually do well at that position, give him a couple of years to pan out and not move on from him as quick as they did Tari and Prince, because I do believe Tari and Prince would have been actually okay, but the, but the Hawks did move on from him kind of quick. Um, Kevin Herter, don't get me wrong, while I do love his skill set, outside of being a shooter, Kevin Herter actually, to me, still has development to do on the defensive end, which is why the Hawks, on certain nights, suffer a lot on the defensive end. So, For the Hawks to get back to the playoff race, they must do a couple of things. The first things are they have to see if John Collins is worth a max contract. Uh, He's actually eligible for one in this offseason. I would say wait 
and see because the Hawks still can match any offer if a team tries to approach him. So I would say wait and see. Uh, it's not to say that he can't get that max deal, but John Collins, after that suspension, you want to make sure that what he did the second half of the season was not a fluke and that he actually can hold up and be what the Hawks need at that position. Um, the next thing, if you are going to keep Kevin Herter starting at shooting guard, the Hawks need to get a solid sixth man. Right now, having Cam Reddish off the bench, Cam is still developing himself, so you need a solid sixth man, someone that's going to be a veteran to come in there and actually sure up that bench. Um, Dwayne Dedman tried to do it, but to me, Dwayne Dedman, he, he's not really your guy as a sixth man. So they have to see what he can do. Um, I do believe also if the Hawks plan on making the next leap to compete with a team like a Toronto or a Milwaukee, you have to get more length on the Hawks. Outside of Clint Capella, the next biggest man on that team was Dwayne Detman, but Dwayne Detman likes to actually sit out to guard the perimeter. So he's not going to be able to hold up with guys like Giannis. He's also not going to be able to guard guys like a Brooke Lopez. So you need a center or a tweener, as they like to call them, that can pay, play both power forward and center that can sure up both of those positions. If the Hawks do that, they may be able to sneak in and get that A spot because as much as people like to say the NBA is stacked with talent, the East is still weak as we see it. When LeBron left and went to the West, he actually opened up the East for anybody to come in and take that spot. So that's one thing we have to really look at uh, going forward with the Hawks. If they cannot move forward, unfortunately, I do believe Lloyd Pierce will be out because they've given him time to try to develop everybody. But outside of Trey Young, they don't have anybody else to show for it. And especially after passing on guys like Luka Doncic, you have to actually see better product on the floor that's actually helping compete and get wins where Dallas is already in that round. All right, so next we're going to shift over to MLS. Uh, for those of you that don't know what MLS, that is your Major League Soccer League, of course, with the Atlanta United. Uh, they will be back starting July the 8th in a tournament at the Walt Disney World Resort. Uh, that's also where the NBA tournament will be as well. So Florida will be seeing a lot of sports action in the next few weeks. Uh, the tournament will run until the 8th of August with a bracket-style seating. Uh, of course, the Eastern and Western conferences were broken down into brackets. Uh, the winner of the tournament arms, earns, I'm sorry, a 2021 CONCAF spot and a donation to a charity of their choosing. So the league tried to spice it up to get guys to actually competing. Uh, here's how the brackets actually stack up for this. I'm going to go over each bracket listing so that way you guys can kind of hear how they stack up. In the Western Conference groups, uh, you have Group B, which is the Seattle Sounders, FC Dallas, the Vancouver Whitecaps, and the San Jose Earthquakes. Group D, you have Real Salt Lake, Sporting KC, Colorado Rapids, and the Minnesota United. Group F has the LAFC, LA Galaxy, Houston Dynamo, and Portland Timbers. Uh, the Eastern Conference groups, as they wrap up, the host city, of course, being um, Orlando. Orlando got the top seed, so you have Orlando City SC. You have Enter Miami CF, the New York, F the New York City FC, 
Philadelphia Union, Chicago Fire, and Nashville SC rounding out Group A. Group C will see Toronto FC, the New England Revolution, Montreal Impact, and DC United. And of course, Aria Atlanta United headline Group E with FC Cincinnati, the New York Red Bulls, and the Columbus Crew SC. So each of the clubs has been told they'll play three games within their bracket with the top two from those groups advancing. And then after that, they'll choose the best third place finishers. Uh, basically the top four of those third place finishers out of the brackets will also move on to the quarterfinals. Looking at each of these brackets, I do see the two toughest brackets in the West being group D and the F sets. Uh, I just see those guys having a little bit tougher road trying to get through this quarterfinals, semifinals, and the finals. Uh, the hardest opponents out of the Eastern Conference, I do see Group A and Group C having the tougher roads to try to get there. Now, Atlanta's bracket, to me, isn't too tough of a bracket. The only team I actually see being the hardest in that bracket for them is the New York City Red Bulls, and the reason that I say that Atlanta has played the New York Red Bulls a couple of times, and each time we've played them, it's been a little bit of a tough time to actually beat them each time. So we'll see how that actually plays out. Um, the West, I think LFC, LAFC getting Portland and the LA Galaxy in the same bracket, that's going to be the reason I think that bracket is going to be one of the tougher ones out of the West. Um, I won't try to say that Atlanta United will win it, uh, because Atlanta United, of course, although they are my home team, I do think that they're going to have a tough road without having Joseph Martinez out there. Uh, if we do lose, I do think we still earn the top spot out of that bracket unless New York City can trip us up. If they cannot, I do see us losing possibly in the quarterfinals or semifinal rounds unless the defense can actually step up and a combination of Pity Martinez and Ezekiel Barco be the catalyst to actually lead the charge. Now, it does help that we are getting Miles Robinson back. Miles Robinson should be fully healthy, so we should see him actually play well. I also hope that Fernando Meza can also show a little bit of promise in this. Um, we haven't really seen much of Adam John this year, so hopefully he can be the catalyst in the back and actually prove me wrong and be a great striker for us. Uh, so that, that'll be the biggest issue. Now, they do say uh, that this tournament will be televised. So hopefully we get to catch all the action that the United and everybody else puts on. But that'll be an interesting tournament to see and how it actually shapes up. Um, here we go. The last two topics, I'm actually put them kind of together uh, because to me they're kind of – one in the not one in the same, but they're kind of related. Um, this one I'm actually kind of you know try to freestyle a little bit, but I did write something up on this, and I just like hope everybody kind of heeds it and takes a little bit of this in. Uh, as I like I said, I, I, I observe a lot of the stuff that goes around along around me, so I did kind of you know go into this with an open mind, but. Earlier in this year, of course, the nation was struck with a pandemic called COVID-19. Now, a lot is still not known about the virus. A lot is known about, you know, 
the symptoms, but it's still not known how they are going to try to treat it yet. So not only has it affected businesses, schools, and our way of life, but it has it has actually affected one of the biggest entertainment industries in the world, which is sports. If anybody really thinks about it, sports really connects a lot of people. And the sports world was brought to its knees when COVID-19 was announced. I mean, and as numerous leagues really started to cancel games or postpone seasons, then you had social injustices with killings starting to go on across the country. So let's just sit there with that a moment. At first, it was a virus that tried to take everybody out. Then you had to go back to guys telling policemen that they can't breathe because a man wanted to sit on the man's neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds. So in a world that's not so normal, we usually turn to sports at times like this to cope. But we don't have that right now. The realization can't happen because even if they do try to return sports for us, they still have to deal with, will my team have to deal with Corona? Will we, as a fan base, have to worry about catching anything? And I mean, leagues like Buns, I don't really know how to pronounce it, but I hope I pronounced this right. But the German Football League, Bundesliga, they have started back up. Uh, the Premier League in England, I think, soon is about to start back up. They have adopted principles of funneling in crowd noise. Now, that's all fine and dandy if that's what they want to do, but it does not replace the fans in the stands that actually give you that home field advantage. That is the biggest thing to why some of your big athletes have said they don't see playing without fans because fans are the lifeblood of some of your of some of your core groups like me myself personally I have been to a couple of Atlanta Falcons games and a couple of Atlanta United games and I tell you there is nothing like the atmosphere that you feel when you're in that stadium with 75,000 people cheering for your team so will we ever get back to normalcy? I can't say that it may happen tomorrow. I can't say that it'll happen next week, but I hope that for the sports world that it does happen because we need that right now. And I mean, anybody that knows me, there was something I actually saw recently, and I'll go on my podcast and actually say this. Anybody that knows me knows I'm one of the biggest supporters of saying LeBron James is not better than Michael Jordan. Recently, I read a post by LeBron on Twitter that actually actually caught my eye. It, it went along the lines to him actually saying, you know, when and it was in regards to Colin Kaepernick. He basically was like, if people still believe that everything when it comes to the flag is about a knee that Colin Ka Kaepernick took, they still don't get it, that right there made me realize 
Jimmy, why are you so hard on LeBron when all this man has done is play ball, raise his family, and actually show a good role model of what black men should be in the community? And I, I won't even say a black man, just a man, period. LeBron has shown that he is a good guy. So, yes, you won't hear me say LeBron or Michael anymore. I'm just going to say, hey, embrace the greatness that you're seeing because they both are great. And I mean, I get Drew Brees thinks that, you know, everything about, everything about the protest he doesn't get. I get that he feels that taking a knee during the anthem isn't all that great. He feels that, you know, it's disrespectful. But I would challenge him to this. This is what I said. I agree. No one should disrespect anything that represents the fabric of this country. But if a piece of fabric means more than the lives it's protecting, what are we really, what are we really looking at in this country? I mean, I understand, like I said, this is a sports broadcast, but I'm also a realist. If we really are valuing human life less than a piece of cloth, our priorities are really messed up in this country. I mean, if people really think about it, Martin Luther King and them back in the 60s were fighting separate but equal. But it still seems like that same fight is being fought right now because we can't get equality for us with the cops. I mean, I pray over the horizon we make it past corona and social injustice so no more George Floyd situations happen. I pray that the Breonna Taylors of the world can sit and not worry about no search warrants. I really hope that you can go run in your neighborhood and not worry, oh, is a guy going to come and gun me down like they did Amon Avery? And I mean, I won't say that every league isn't making a difference. I've seen the NFL saying they're committing to social injustices. NASCAR started by removing flags at races. Teams are actually starting to stand with us in the fight for social injustice amid corona. But my thing is, why did it take so long? Mostly, some of your leagues are predominantly controlled or are predominantly people of color. But it took multiple guys losing their lives for this to occur. So, I mean, I'm not shunning what they have done. I just want us to think about that. And I want it to be, while we can't sit back and hope that, you know, everything has to come from our athletes, we have to do more ourselves. We have to be more about removing, more, more than removing statues and actually removing the policemen that don't care about us. And that's not just, like I said, for the blacks. That's for everybody. I have one of my best friends is a white guy, and I, and I would challenge him. Do we really want to see our kids grow up in a society to where they have to fear talking to the cops could actually cost them their life? just because of skin color. 
I mean, that's really a thing we should all think about because if we're valuing that, I, I guarantee you, the world really right now needs that. And I mean, I don't know who out there is religious or whatever, but every day I'm going to start praying now because that's something we need in this country, y'all. Like, it's getting to the point now you, you don't know if you're going to make it home every day because of fear that something could actually happen. So with that, that's the show uh, for this week. I do want to thank everybody for listening. And again, for everybody that wants to hear a topic, as uh, far as if you have something you want me to touch on, even if it's not sports related, just send it out to me. I'll try to see if I can fit it into the show. Again, the way you can do that is email me at halljimmy at hotmail.com. Again, that is halljimmy at hotmail.com. Or you can Facebook Messenger me. I'm always on there. I always have my phone with me so I can always check the messages. Um, other than that, I do a thank you. I thank everybody that tuned in this week. And thank you all for your support. Um, for those that want to support anything going forward. I did also set up, you know, some people always will say, well, people try to scam guys. I'm not that type of guy. I will tell you, if you guys send anything to support this podcast, it's going to all be used to basically help get topics out there that mean something to us. So if you feel the need to support me, cash at me at the dollar sign hallway convocast. That is hallway C-O-N-V-O-C-A-S-T. That's where you can actually send any donations to uh, if you want to help donate to the podcast and keep furthering it. So with that, I'll say God bless to everybody. And again, we'll see you next week for our next episode. Y'all take care and God bless.